Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, this is The Standard Podcast and I'm Mark London. NHS bosses are warning London hospitals are under extraordinary pressure due to a high volume of sick people as junior doctors began their 26th day of strike action. Members of the British Medical Association began a 72-hour walkout from 7am on Wednesday in hospitals across England in a bitter pay dispute. Hospital bosses in the capital say the strikes came at the worst possible time with rising demand for emergency services during the festive period and a spike in seasonal virus such as flu and norovirus coupled with demand from revellers overdoing the boozing during party season. More than 1.1 million appointments have already been cancelled in the past year due to industrial action in the NHS. Junior doctors are demanding a 35% pay rise to correct a real-terms fall in income since 2008. Strike action ends at 7am on December the 23rd, but will be followed by another six-day walkout beginning on the 3rd of January. The longest in NHS history, Health Secretary Victoria Atkins urged BMA to call off the strikes and resume talks, saying the door remains open to negotiations. But Dr Vivek Trivedi, who's co-chair of the BMA Junior Doctors Committee, told the Mail that to break the impasse, the government must recognise and value doctors and not inflict a real-terms pay cut. For the latest on the strike, we're joined by The Standard's health reporter, Daniel Keane. Dan, what's happening in London over the next three days and why now? Junior doctors in the British Medical Association, so that's around half the medical workforce in the NHS, began a 72-hour strike at 7am this morning. This is the 26th day of strikes, which began in January last year, so very long-running and a lot of listeners will be familiar with it. The strike is overpay and the union continues to demand a 35% pay rise. We've had two health secretaries which have both failed to meet their demands. And yes, the, the deadlock has led, unfortunately, to this strike just before Christmas. What are the financials? How much do they want and which pot would the money come from? The BMA calculated to be at around $1 billion. There isn't really any independent estimate. You know, I'm not kind of casting too much down on the BMA's figures there, but it could be considerably higher than that for a number of reasons. In terms of the pot of money, I mean, this would have to be fresh investment from the Treasury because 
to put it simply, there isn't any money left in the NHS to take. ICBs and NHS trusts are already under serious financial pressure and asking trusts to make further savings would only compromise patient care. So I think this would really have to come from the Treasury and Victoria Atkins, the Health Secretary, will have a fight on her hands to do that. What are London Trust telling you about disruption for treatment? I think every trust is going to be badly hit by this, but you have certain hospitals that are already under a huge amount of pressure. Epsom and St. Helier in southwest London told me yesterday that a spike in very unwell patients had put their three hospitals under extraordinary pressure, was, was the language they used, in the days leading up to the strike. And they've said that waiting times at those hospitals for people who are not basically at risk of death will be significantly longer than usual. You also had a joint statement from guys in St. Thomas, King's College Hospital and Lewisham and Greenwich, where their chief executives said that these strikes had been announced at one of the worst times of the year. They said they would work hard to ensure patient safety is maintained, but they've asked people to really only use urgent and emergency services when they really need it. What's happening with negotiations and what's the government saying? Well, the big shame with these negotiations is they'd actually been going in the right direction prior to the announcement of this strike. Victoria Atkins, who was appointed last month took a much more conciliatory tone with the BMA compared with her predecessor Steve Barclay who had used kind of language like militant and accused them of kind of leading to to patient suffering which had not gone down well with BMA. So negotiations had been taking place behind closed doors for a little while. There hadn't been any leaks. It seemed to be going quite well. The government recently announced a deal with the consultants and also with specialty doctors. And then all of a sudden, about three weeks ago, the BMA Junior Doctors Committee announced these strikes. And I think it took everyone by surprise. And their position was that Victoria Atkins had stalled on making an offer and that they probably wanted to strike during Christmas to exercise maximum pressure on the government. Her position is that she was actually coming to a place where a final offer could be made and that the strikes seriously imperiled that resolution. And she has urged them to come back to the table and call off the strikes first as priority. Let's go to the ads coming up how the capital's A&E services are being pushed to breaking point with strikes and now the added pressure of Christmas revelry-related admissions. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. 
Dan, what's the pressure on A&Es at Christmas, particularly with some London workers overdoing it at parties this week? The entire infrastructure of emergency services comes under acute pressure at Christmas. And this was the case when the NHS was in a far better state in the mid-noughties. This was always a time that the NHS trust bosses were a little bit afraid of and they plan in advance to kind of avoid apocalyptic scenarios. Last winter was probably the worst winter the NHS has ever had. You had ambulances queuing for hours outside hospitals. You had an emergency £250 million investment from the government to get people into social care beds. And you also had a huge spike in strep A and flu. And of course, people's immunity to both those diseases was low after COVID. The pressure this winter doesn't look like it will be as severe because the seasonal viruses probably won't spike in the same way. But last week and for the next two weeks, the NHS will be under huge pressure. And of course, Christmas parties are are, are a huge part of that. Just last week, the London Ambulance Service said it was actually under similar levels of pressure to the first winter of COVID. And they cited Christmas parties and a rise in alcohol-related incidents before Christmas. And can you expand on the guidance for people who fall sick over the festive season? The guidance is really that if you have an issue that you're worried about enough to see a GP, but you're not in kind of grave danger is to call 111. That's the NHS position throughout the year, but particularly at Christmas. GP surgeries are not affected by this strike. GPs are not on strike, which the NHS has been at pains to stress because people see headlines about doctors going on strike. I wonder whether they'll be able to see their GP. GPs are very much open. A&Es are open. It's just about using your head. But the general advice is if you have chest pain, if you feel faint, go to A&E. But if you have a seasonal virus like flu, when you're coughing, spluttering, or even COVID, unless it gets past a certain point, then stay at home and um, avoid giving it to other people and um, just treat yourself and recover yourself. Going into 2024, how do you assess the financial health of the NHS? The reality is that Rishi Sunak's focus has been singularly on stopping the boats. Um, So the NHS hasn't really featured in too many of his speeches. My strong feeling is that Victoria Atkins is kind of in position to basically stop the NHS from collapsing, um, which was also what Steve Barclay was tasked with. I don't see any real evidence that number 10 will prioritise the NHS. The reality is the statistics are so bad that even an injection of money, quite a large injection of money, would fail to yield the results that Sunak would need in the next nine to 12 months. So the position, the financial health of NHS trusts is bad. A lot of them are in a deficit. They've been hammered by strikes, which has obviously led to 1.1 million cancellations. And they are struggling for money. A lot of them need investment, urgent investment on their estates. So in equipment and in buildings, you know, to, to stop roofs from leaking, very basic things. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think the only money that might come for the NHS might be to speed up discharge and get people into social care from hospitals to, to reduce some of the pressure there, like we saw last winter. Aside from all the financial problems in the infrastructure, any examples of excellent performance this year? I think it's always worth highlighting that the NHS 
particularly in London, is doing a fantastic job most of the time. And uh, clinicians and, and managers are working in extremely difficult circumstances. I think some of the most interesting things that I've seen have been to do with technological innovation and how that's being used to bring down waiting lists. So we've reported on how guys in St. Thomas's has been using robot surgery to clear seven or eight operations in a day. They would usually do one or two of these operations a day. And the kind of robots that they use have helped them do kind of a week's worth in a single day. And that's something the government's very interested in. Of course, that robot costs more than two million pounds. So what is available to to guys in St. Thomas might not be available to a hospital in Middlesbrough. So there is examples of trusts doing things in a really interesting way. The Royal Marsden is continuing to give some of the best cancer care in the country and it's producing lots of results from clinical trials that are that are helping us to understand cancer better so i think yeah that there, there is there is hope it's just not a surprise that the nhs trusts that are the best funded produce the best results there's more on this story in the evening standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk we're back on thursday at 4 p.m Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.